Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. This is Radio Free Mormon on the air, broadcasting behind enemy lines. Tonight's episode, proof that Jesus existed. You know, for the past 20 years or so, I have immersed myself in Bible studies. I have learned the tools of textual analysis from the experts in the field, and I'm going to be drawing on some of that knowledge and using some of those tools tonight in my effort to prove that Jesus actually existed. There has been ongoing debate about Jesus for the last 2,000 years, as you might imagine. And initially, the debate was about whether Jesus actually performed the miracles that are ascribed to him in the New Testament. That debate has definitely been going on for 2,000 years and shows no sign of stopping. As an illustration of that debate, Thomas Jefferson himself, no intellectual slouch, did believe that the words of Jesus had great value, but also felt that the miracle stories did not actually happen. And so Thomas Jefferson took all the sayings of Jesus out of the Bible, wrote them down in a very lengthy list, and the resulting publication has come to be known as the Jefferson Bible. The Jefferson Bible is simply a collection of all the sayings of Jesus without any of the narrative, without any of the miracles, and once again a reflection of this ongoing debate as to whether Jesus actually performed the miracles that are ascribed to him. But more recently than that, a new debate has arisen, and that debate is not just whether Jesus actually performed the miracles that are ascribed to him, but whether Jesus as a person ever actually existed at all. There are a number of scholars who have now come forward and are arguing that Jesus never existed. He is simply a fictional creation and possibly an amalgamation of different messianic figures that were created after the fact and then condensed into one figure named Jesus Christ or Jesus of Nazareth. Tonight, I'm going to weigh in on that issue, and I'm going to take the position that Jesus Christ actually did exist, that there is evidence that he actually did exist, and strangely enough, that that evidence exists in the pages of the New Testament. Now, when I say that, your first thought may be, well, what are you going to do? Are you going to quote from Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John where they say that Jesus was a real person and that's your evidence? No. That's not the evidence because that evidence fits just as well within the theory that Jesus never existed, but these are fictionalized accounts that were written many years after Jesus is supposed to have lived. So simply quoting from the New Testament that Jesus lived would not really serve as evidence of that fact. It would be like quoting from the Lord of the Rings that Frodo lived as evidence that Frodo actually existed you can see how that line of argument would not be necessarily effective. Now, for purposes of this podcast, I am going to rely exclusively on one passage of Scripture. It's from Luke chapter 18. It's four verses in its entirety, and it tells a very strange story. This is what the Gospel of Luke has to tell us in chapter 18, and the verses are 31 through 34. The context is that Jesus is on the verge of writing to Jerusalem, for his triumphal entry and ultimate crucifixion and resurrection within the next week. And before he goes up to Jerusalem, this is what the Gospel of Luke says that Jesus did with his apostles. This is from the King James Version, Luke 18.31. Then he, Jesus, then he took unto him the twelve and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. And all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles, and shall be mocked, and spitefully entreated, and spitted on. 
and they shall scourge him and put him to death, and the third day he shall rise again. Well, this makes sense for Jesus to be telling his apostles this because he being God, he being the Son of God, he, apparently knowing the future, was able to tell them with specificity exactly what was going to happen to him before he went to Jerusalem and before these things happened. But it is the reaction of the 12 apostles to what Jesus told them that I want to focus on. And that's in verse 34. And this is what it says. And they, the apostles, they understood none of these things. And this saying, i.e. what Jesus told them was going to happen to him, this saying was hid from them. Neither knew they the things which were spoken. Now that's a very strange statement to put into the Gospel of Luke. Because this passage is so important for purposes of this analysis, I'm going to go to the New International Version as well and read the same passage. And here it is. Jesus took the twelve aside and told them, We are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written by the prophets about the Son of Man will be fulfilled. He will be handed over to the Gentiles. They will mock him, insult him, spit on him, flog him, and kill him. On the third day he will rise again. And now the critical passage in the New International Version. The disciples did not understand any of this. Its meaning was hidden from them, and they did not know what he was talking about. And finally, from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible, Then he took the twelve aside and said to them, See, we are going up to Jerusalem, and everything that is written about the Son of Man by the prophets will be accomplished. For he will be handed over to the Gentiles, and he will be mocked and insulted and spat upon. After they have flogged him, they will kill him, and on the third day he will rise again. And here's verse 34 in the New Revised Standard Version. But they understood nothing about all these things. In fact, what he said was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. Okay, so we have these three versions of the Bible all saying the same thing in different words, that Jesus tells the apostles exactly what's going to happen to him, but they don't understand what he's saying. Now, the first thing that I note about this is this is a very strange story to tell. Why is it that the apostles do not understand what Jesus is saying? I mean, I can understand what Jesus is saying, you can understand what Jesus is saying, and I haven't hung out with Jesus for three years listening to him day after day give his teachings. There is no rational reason why it is that the apostles themselves could not understand what Jesus was saying. None of them can understand what he's saying. Not even one of them gets it right. Something's going on here, and it's that something that's going on here that I want to delve into. Now, first off, Luke is not an apostle. He is not a witness to anything that Jesus said or did. In fact, he shows up first as a character in the New Testament in the book of Acts as one of the missionary companions for Paul. But he's not in any of the Gospels. Luke doesn't show up anywhere there. In fact, at the beginning of Luke's gospel, he explains that he's not a witness, and all he's doing is he's taking all these different reports and sayings and stories that are circulating about Jesus, and he's going to put them down in what he hopes to be a faith-promoting way. This is what the author of Luke says at the very beginning of the gospel. For as much as many have taken in hand to set forth in order a declaration of those things which are most surely believed among us. So he's saying that there's lots of people who have already written about Jesus Christ, even as they delivered them unto us, which from the beginning were eyewitnesses. So he's not an eyewitness, but he has writings from other eyewitnesses and ministers of the word. Because of all this, it seemed good to me also, 
having had perfect understanding of all things from the very first, to write unto thee in order, most excellent Theophilus, that thou mightest know the certainty of those things wherein thou hast been instructed. So what Luke's doing is he's taking all of this information that he has received, information that's written down by eyewitnesses and other ministers, and he's going to take those things and put them together in order to create his gospel. So having established that Luke is not a witness, but he's simply going off the records of other people, some of whom were witnesses, we have to ask the question, why is it that Luke is saying that the apostles did not understand Jesus when Jesus was telling them clearly that he was going to be handed over to the Gentiles and flogged and crucified and raised on the third day. The question at its core is that if Luke was not there, how does he know what Jesus told the apostles? The only way he could possibly know that is if he has access to a record that at least purports to be written by one or more of the apostles that describes what Jesus told them. And additionally, if the apostles did not understand what Jesus said, then how is it that they could write down what Jesus actually said for it to be available in a document that Luke could read in order to make his gospel? Trying to put it a little bit more clearly, if he has a record written by an apostle who claims to have been with Jesus when Jesus predicted his future, what we know is that it could not contain a prediction from Jesus that matches what it is that Luke writes down that Jesus said. Why? Because none of the apostles understood what Jesus was saying. And yet, Luke, a non-witness, seems to know all about it. He can quote Jesus as to exactly what it was Jesus was saying, in spite of the fact that the apostles didn't understand it. This is curious indeed. Taking this one step further, not only can Luke not know what it was that Jesus actually said, even though he writes it down, he does have to know that Jesus said something to the apostles that was different than what Luke writes down that Jesus said. Looked at another way, Jesus told the apostles something, but whatever the apostles said he told them was different than what Luke says that Jesus told them. I hope this is making sense at this point. The bottom line is, Luke is presenting as knowing what it was that Jesus actually told the apostles, in spite of the fact that Luke also says the apostles could not understand what Jesus was saying. So Luke presents himself as privy to what it was that Jesus actually said, and yet, if he's going to say the apostles misunderstood what Jesus was saying, he has to have access to some document purporting to come from at least one of the apostles describing what Jesus said to them, which is different from what Luke says Jesus told them. Otherwise, he could not know that the apostles did not understand what it was Jesus really said. At a minimum, I think we can infer from this that Jesus did gather his apostles around them. He did tell them a prediction of what would happen in Jesus's near future, but that whatever it was that Jesus told them or whatever it was they recollected Jesus telling them was completely different than what it is Luke says they told him about being betrayed and killed and raised on the third day. Well, fortunately, because of Bible scholarship, we have a very good idea what it was that Jesus actually told his disciples. What he told them was that he was the Messiah and he was there to fulfill the messianic expectation of the Jewish people. There was a messianic template that was supposed to be fulfilled by whoever it was would become the Messiah. And part of that messianic template goes back to the Old Testament where David 
was the king of united Israel, and prophecies were made about him in the Old Testament that the throne would never depart from David, or the scepter would never depart from David, and that his descendants would rule and reign on the throne of Israel forever. Well, that prophecy, as nice as it might be, ended up not coming to pass. In approximately 587 BC, the kingdom of Judah, which included Jerusalem, which included the king, got destroyed by the Babylonians, and then the rest of the Jews who were left over got taken into captivity in Babylon, and the temple itself was destroyed. So this Davidic line of kings got brought to a very sure and sudden stop courtesy of the Babylonians. Well, what did the Jewish people do with that? They've got a prophecy that a descendant of David is going to rule and reign on the house of Israel forever. They are faced with the reality that that did not happen. And so what they did was they came up with a messianic expectation was that in the future at some point, a descendant of David would rise again. He would be a military leader like David was, and he would throw off the Romans that had conquered Israel and subjugated them. And through military power, the Romans would be defeated. Israel would once again be an independent nation and would have its own king, i.e. the Messiah, who would sit on the throne in David's stead. And in that way, this prophecy, although postponed, could nevertheless be fulfilled. It was into this bubbling cauldron of messianic expectation that Jesus was born, and so were all of the Jewish people born in and around Jesus's time. And Jesus was actually not the only person who came forward and proclaimed himself to be the Messiah. There were many, many people who claimed to be the Messiah as well, and for the most part, they all ended up having the same fate as Jesus, being executed by the Romans. Because believe it or not, the Romans were not keen on having people rise up and say that they are the Messiah who are going to lead a revolt against the Romans and beat them and establish Israel as an independent nation from Rome. That wasn't big among Roman circles. So anytime somebody showed up claiming to be a Messiah, they had to be taken care of quickly and violently, which usually meant death, and death usually meant by crucifixion. So because of this well-documented messianic expectation and because of the fact that there were lots of people who were coming forward and claiming to be the Messiah, some with greater success, some with lesser success, we have a really, really good idea as to what it was that Jesus told his apostles. What Jesus told his apostles was that Jesus was the Messiah, that he was going to lead an army against the Romans, that they would vanquish the Romans and set up Israel as an independent nation, and Jesus would sit on the throne of David to rule over united Israel again, even as David had done before. But that's not what really happens with Jesus. Instead, he gets betrayed to the Romans, he gets flogged, he gets crucified, and he dies. This is not, repeat, not what the Messiah was supposed to do. So now we've got a problem in the text. It appears that Luke has access to documents purportedly from apostles that say what it was Jesus really told them, i.e. he's going to be the Messiah, he's going to lead an army and beat the Romans, and then he's going to sit on the throne of Israel. And then he's going to sit on the throne of Israel. Well, that's not what happened. So now we have a problem between what Jesus told them was going to happen versus what really ended up happening in real life. What to do with that? Well, this is what Luke seems to do with it. 
What Luke says is that Jesus actually did not teach that to his apostles. He did not tell them that he was going to be the Messiah to beat the Romans and then sit on the throne of Israel and rule over the Jewish people. What Jesus had to have told them is what really happened, i.e. that he was going to be handed over the Gentiles and flogged and then killed and then raised on the third day. That's what Jesus had to tell his apostles because Jesus knows the future. Luke cannot have Jesus telling his apostles one thing about what's going to happen in Jesus' future when that one thing Jesus told them did not come to pass. By the way, if anybody wants to know what it was that the original messianic expectations of the early Christians was about Jesus, all you have to do is read the book of Revelation. Because the book of Revelation describes exactly what it is that Jesus was supposed to do or expected to do the first time that he came. And if you get toward the final chapters of Revelation, you'll find that all hell is broken loose, Satan has power over the earth, but Jesus now comes again as a warrior figure, riding a white horse with a sword to slay all of his enemies and then sit on a throne to govern the righteous. This also helps inform our understanding as to why it was that the Romans treated Jesus the way they treated him, by putting a crown of thorns on his head by cloaking him with a purple robe, by putting a fake scepter in his hand and pretending to bow down and worship him, not as a religious figure, but as the king of the Jews. This is why they treated him that way, because Jesus was proclaiming himself to be the king of the Jews, i.e. the classic messianic expectation. This is also why the placard was put on the cross above Jesus saying, the king of the Jews. Now, obviously, in all of this, the Romans are mocking Jesus, but in order for mockery to work, there has to be a basis in reality that they're mocking. And the basis in reality that they were mocking is that Jesus proclaimed himself to be the Messiah who would overthrow the Romans and establish his kingdom forever. But because Jesus did not become the king of the Jews, but was crucified instead, the story had to be altered. And Jesus now, having died, was said to have been resurrected on the third day, but that's okay because he's coming back any day. This is the expectation in the New Testament. He's going to come back any day. And when he comes back, he's going to do all those things that he was supposed to do the first time. And so the author of Luke changes what it is that Jesus told the apostles. And he changes it in order to match what it is that the Christian belief has become after Jesus was crucified and failed to be the expected Messiah and King of Israel. Luke has Jesus tell them he's going to be handed over to the Romans, he's going to be flogged, he's going to be killed, and he's going to rise again on the third day. And all of this in spite of the fact that Luke could not have possibly known what it was that Jesus actually told his apostles in light of the fact that Luke tells us that none of his apostles understood what it was Jesus was saying. But what does Luke do with the fact that he has access to other documents, apparently, and other stories that have apostles saying, no, that's not what Jesus told us. Jesus told us he was going to be the Messiah, and he was going to defeat the Romans, and then he was going to sit on the throne of David and rule Israel. That's the problem the author of Luke is facing. The difference between the reality of what Jesus told his apostles versus the reality of what actually ended up happening to Jesus. And so Luke resolves this difficulty by saying that Jesus actually told the apostles about his death and resurrection, but his apostles, for some otherwise unexplainable reason, could not understand the words that Jesus was telling them. Once again, from the New Revised Standard Version, Luke 18:34. but they, the apostles, understood nothing 
about all these things. In fact, what he said was hidden from them, and they did not grasp what was said. So if you remember, the title of this episode is Proof That Jesus Really Existed. So how does this passage from Luke play into the idea of proving that Jesus really existed? Well, here's what I'm going to suggest to you. If Jesus really never existed and was simply a fictional character that was created after the fact, if that were the way that it happened, there would not be any need to have a passage like this in the Gospel of Luke. In other words, if I'm creating Jesus after the fact, and I know that the Christian belief is that he was betrayed to the Romans, he died and was resurrected on the third day, if I know that's the belief, that's what I'm going to have Jesus saying to his apostles from the beginning. I mean, I'm just creating this, right? So I'm going to write it back into the story as if that's the way it really happened. I'm not going to have a situation where Jesus tells something to his apostles, as in this passage from Luke, and I'm not even going to say what it is that Jesus tells the apostles, but that the apostles didn't understand what it was he was saying. That makes no sense if Jesus is actually a purely fictional character created after the fact. This is exactly the kind of thing that we would find, however, if there were a real Jesus with real apostles to whom he said real things, and some of those real things were predictions about what was going to happen in Jesus' future. And those predictions turned out to be wrong, wrong, wrong. That's why you have to have this passage in Luke. That's what serves as the raison d'etre, the entire reason for having this strange passage in the Gospel of Luke, is because there was a real Jesus who actually did make incorrect predictions about his own future. And so the bottom line on this is that this passage from the New Testament, Luke chapter 18, verses 28 through 31, proves to my mind that Jesus actually did exist as a real human being. And the reason that we know that is because Jesus did not know what was going to happen in his future. In fact, he got it terribly and completely wrong. So ironically enough, this proof from the New Testament that Jesus actually existed also entails the idea that Jesus did not know what was going to happen to him in the future, and he told his apostles something about his future that did not happen. So I guess in these types of things, you have to take the good with the bad. Jesus really existed, and we know that because he wasn't a prophet. That's what this boils down to. So I hope you found this exercise in New Testament textual analysis interesting. If you like what you hear at Radio Free Mormon, please take the time right now to go to RadioFreeMormon.org, hit the donate button, and make a donation today. $5 a month is all I ask. If you can afford $10 a month or $20 a month, so much the better. Your contributions do keep Radio Free Mormon broadcasting behind enemy lines. Well, that's about all for tonight. Until next time, this is Radio Free Mormon, signing off the air. <laughs>